0: Hello everybody, Josh Neighbors here today on the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is September 15th, 2021. Today's show is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Go down the Spotify Greenroom app today at the Apple App Store. On today's show, it is a mid-September mailbag. Max Raymond of District On Deck and I answer your all's questions that were submitted on Twitter and on Reddit, so we'll get to those uh, on today's show. Part one of a two-part mailbag. Hope you guys enjoy.
1: You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello, hello, everybody. Josh is here in the Locked On Nationals podcast. Max Raymond of District on Deck there, too. And also, Max, first episode ever of Locked On Nationals on YouTube, we decided to do a mailbag. Uh, you and I have talked a bunch before, but this is the first time we're doing a doing a YouTube show.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's exciting, man. I'm glad to be the first guest.
0: Yeah. So we put this out on Twitter, and we said uh, we wanted questions. So we fielded a bunch there in Reddit as well about the nat- nationals and other stuff. Uh, but here is a mailbag because you know sometimes the Nats aren't playing very well. Uh, you know, it's kind of can get a little repetitive, right? And mm-hmm. When teams are pressing, trying to win games, they make changes. When things don't go well, right? The Nationals, you kind of just keep trying to do the same stuff over and over again. Not always over and over again, but you know, like if Mason Thompson struggles, he doesn't have to worry because he's, he's he'll get another shot, right?
1: Yes, sir. Um, yeah, no, and I'm excited. My first time doing a mailbag, as I told you earlier, so it's something new.
0: All right. So, and also the Nationals are playing right now, which yeah. is funny enough. All right, so here's our first question. This actually, this one came from Lucas Smith, who's a locked-on Cardinals host. He says, a little less than two months in, who has won the John Lester trade, in your opinion? Now, I think this was said tongue-in-cheek, but I actually have a graphic here I put together. So here is your breakdown of the two players since the trade. John Lester is eight games started, one and two record, which that does not matter at all. Uh, 4.30 ERA. 44 innings pitched in the last four games, really strong. 23 and two thirds innings pitched, 1.90 ERA. The Cardinals are four and four in starts that he has made. Now, um, you know, that's, they've been a roughly round 500 team. I'll put that, put that back up. Um, and let's just hit on the John Lester piece of this. Like, he was horrible for the Nats. And if the Nats were trying to win, I mean, approaching potentially DFA territory, right, Max? Like, uh, that would that's that's kind of the situation the nationals had with that but he he's performed a lot better i mean his era is i think it's almost a full point better there than it was with the nationals
1: i remember back in june um after he had another really bad start even the beat reporters were paw throwing out rumors if that was going to be Lester's last time than the nats so i mean he stuck around went to the cardinals i mean he looks a lot better uh he and he's been placing playing good games teams like he it looked really well against the brewers who are like the cream of the NL central. Yeah. Um so yeah, uh I'm surprised we didn't DFA him, but that's the Cardinals' gain, I guess.
0: And then for the Nationals, Lane Thomas, an absolute revelation. This is not counting the night. We just actually just drove in a run, but 28 games, 120 plate appearances, 3.01 batting average, 3.92 on base, a 150, uh, 150 OPS plus with the league average for that is 100, four homers, 17 RBI, 16 walks 25 Ks, but just kind of shows you, this is a guy who's trying to make stuff happen. And, and you and I have talked about Lane Thomas, but I just think that's that's the big key, right? Like he's, you can see him out there. It's not like he's pressing too much. And sometimes maybe he does a little bit, but overall in the performance, this is a guy who's trying to make stuff happen. It feels like the Nationals offense has kind of kicked it into gear a little bit more towards the second part of the season because of the way that he's played. You know, even after all those trades, it felt like there was a bit of stagnation this guy has been an absolute revelation at the top of the order.
1: Well, yeah, because when you trade Trey Turner away and you get rid of your best bat not named Juan Soto and your most consistent guy getting on base, uh, it's hard for um, then Soto to get plate appearances, right? Because they're just going to walk him right away. Or hard for him to get competitive a because they're going to walk him right away. He comes in, immediately replaces Trey Turner in the lineup with his speed, with his uh, bat that no one expected because in St. Louis he was a, I believe the fifth outfielder. And he's in for power, he's in for average. He's all over. So, yeah. And then because of the way he's been getting on so consistently, Juan Soto is having a tremendous second half. And I want to say it's partly due to Thomas just coming out of the gate and surprising everyone.
0: Yeah. And barring John Lester, like continuing this level of play and helping the Cardinals, you know, win the playoff series or, you know, whatever, I, mean, I think it's safe to say the Nationals have won this because. John Lester has not been off to a good start with with the with the, the Cardinals. Like he didn't start very well. He's pitched well recently, but the Nationals got a player who's played well from pillar to post, and also has got a bunch of control time left. Mm-hmm. So I know we're Nats podcast, but I just you, you got to think, like even if John Lester is great, you only get him for one more year. Not saying Lane Thomas is going to be excellent, but they've got a player who, at the bare minimum, they're going to trust as somewhat of a utility outfielder, a speed guy that is cheap that they can have around for years to come.
1: Yeah, he has four years in control left. John Lester's a uh, rental. He's also 37. And it was interesting when they made the trade because they were so far back in both the central and the wild card. Granted, no one expected uh, both Lester and Jay Happ to be able to do what they're doing after their such uh, weak starts to the season. So, yeah, the Cardinals are – I believe they took the wild card last night. Part in play, the Lester – it's basically worked out for both teams so far because if the plasters are today, the Cardinals would be in, which is exactly what they wanted. And for the Nats, in a rebuild, they have a guy with four more years of control who's only 26. So it's really worked out for both teams. I want to say uh, the Nats want it more because, well, of the team control and everything like that. But for the Cardinals, everyone knows. Once the Cardinals reach the playoffs, they're a completely different team. They've showed it time and time and time again. So who knows? If they do make the playoffs, they could go on another run like the Nats did. So for now, I'd say it's a pretty even trade just because of what how Lester's able to help get his team from a middling NL Central third-place team to the second wall card. Quick pause to the cause on
0: today's show. Today's Locked on Nationals podcast is brought to you by Spotify Green Room get in on the conversation today y'all go to Spotify green room download the app and you guys can interact with me other podcast hosts other fans sometimes athletes so much fun on the Spotify green room app you can start your own rooms for discussion you can jump into other rooms we host a weekly room here with locked on nationals so you guys can be a part of that as well it's easy to do easy to do go and download it at the Apple app store today you can also do it on your iPad as well. Once again, Spotify Green Room is the app name. Get in on that conversation today. They're changing the way that we talk about sports. Today's show is also brought to you by betonline.ag. betonline.ag is the best way to get on all of your sports action needs. Go to betonline, check out all the sports they've got available, F1, MMA, boxing, extensive playoff odds and props for MLB, NFL odds, college football odds, whatever it is you want to get in on the action with, they've got there at BetOnline. Online. You can sign up right now on your iPhone, your tablet, your iPod Touch. We get connectivity there. Sign up once again; it's free to do, and once you do it, use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On. Once again, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On today at BetOnline.ag. Bet Online. They're your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, and he's been stable enough. And it's kind of a change of scenery thing for both guys right now. Mm -hmm. I just think with Lane Thomas, the amount of time he's got left, I think that benefits the Nationals. All right, next one we've got. So which of the Nats prospect acquisitions is going to have the biggest impact? Now, I want to put a little qualifier on this, Max. We've seen K-Bear. We've seen Josiah. We've seen Mason Thompson. We've seen Riley Adams. So let's kind of put those guys to the side a little bit. Let's think about the guys – that the nationals acquired in some of those other trades, right? The or you know, other trades they, they got in the trades that we have not seen yet. So you think about some of the trades that they okay. made. Uh, I know I mentioned you know Mason Thompson there, but think about the guys like Richard Gauch. I think it's Gauch Gauch, If you how to pronounce it. Uh, yeah. Seth Schumann, Drew Miles are the guys that they got there. Gerardo Carrillo, Donovan Casey, the other guys they got in that trade for the uh for Trey Turner and uh, Max Scherzer. You know, who is the guy that you think maybe down the line has the biggest impact out of those guys? Anybody catching your eye right now?
1: Uh, Donovan Casey. Uh, he's he the outfielder acquired from the Dodgers. Um, I'm bringing up his stats right now because he's been very impressive at AAA with the Nats. Um, and he's a guy who's
0: he's darn near Major League ready. I mean, uh, like you've been talking about, you know, this year for him, he's had a really strong year in AAA, 303. On the season, now he's played for I know a few different teams, but during his time in uh, in Rochester, not been like as strong. But during wow. the, the year, he's had totally he's had a really strong year. And it's a guy who his entire minor league career has been a really solid hitter everywhere he's gone. It's also a guy who's going to be major league ready next year, 25 years old, right? And it's a guy that you know at that age, at where he's at, especially with, with the bat, it's time for him. I know the AAA hasn't gone great for him during a short time in Rochester, but the rest of his minor league career says he can hit.
1: So the one thing that he needs to work on is his strikeouts. He has a bunch of swing and miss in his yes. swing, uh, and it's interesting because he starts the season at Double A Tulsa up the Dodgers, right? And he get puts up one hundred two strikeouts and yeah. uh, three hundred thirty four play appearances, but he also still hit two ninety six of an eight twenty four OPS and eleven right. homers. So you'll take that. But with Rochester in ninety three play appearances, he already has forty one strikeouts, one eighty eight average, and a two ninety four uh, five forty one OPS. But he's shown what he can do. Like when he came to Harrisonburg before he got put up to AAA, 51 play appearances, hit 347, only nine strikeouts, 965 OPS. So I just think it was him adapting to A for the first time. And next year, like he, he's been showing it. Like he was an underrated guy. Dodgers helped develop him. And everyone knows that the Dodgers, when they touch someone, they just become an elite prospect. It doesn't really make sense. And luckily for us, they developed him, so now we just get to further push him along. And I think once next year he gets a full spring training with the Nats, gets to meet with the new coaches, and then goes back to AAA, he'll be fine. He has he shown like kind of like Lane Thomas. Thomas strikes out a lot, but at the same time, he's been getting on consistently enough to uh, make up for it. And I think Casey, once he gets his foot going in AAA next year, he'll be up on the roster fighting for a fourth outfield spot.
0: Yeah, he's a guy that you know. I think you have to consider just because – like, he can be kind of that fourth, you know, almost a, uh, a fourth hitter, but in the back part of your lineup, right? A guy who hits second, uh, seventh, so maybe if the six, seven guys are on, you can make something happen. Maybe a guy who hits uh, ninth, you know, maybe in a position, you hit the pitcher eighth, but a guy who hits ninth because he can make something happen for you, right? A guy who can potentially get on base, you know. I know it's feast or famine, but, I mean, as far as hitting a guy ninth, you know, the Nationals have had no luck with that, right? Turning over the lineup for them has been a challenge at times type of player that yeah might not give you the result always that you want but a guy who can make things happen sometimes so maybe there is a spot for him towards the bottom of the order maybe but yeah you know i know the k rate is out is insane i mean Uh he strikes out way too much but his productivity considering his k rate is like i I don't think you could argue about i mean the guy produces runs
1: yeah i agree and then um it's not just david casey though that's interesting we got a plethora of arms in the trades like, the guy we got for um, Schwarber, he he was hurt, so he, he was late to make his um, debut with the Nats. But he's looked impressive. They got some other bullpen arms that they um, got from – I think they got one in the Turner trade also, correct? Uh, yeah, Korea. Uh, the
0: guys – it's uh, Gerardo Carrillo, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, he's another – like, these guys that throw hard, like, in today's baseball, that's what you need, especially when the Nats were pulling up pitchers that were throwing like low 90s, you got guys with live arms. They're going to come in here. You work on the control a bit and they could be interesting, bulk kind of weapons. And then the biggest thing we got at the trade deadline was catchers. And the catcher that no one's talking about is the guy in the- Drew Milas. Uh, yeah, Drew Milas from the Harrison-Gomes trade is a double A who's also looked really good.
0: Yeah, they've got a stable of catchers now. Like that's the spot, mm-hmm. you know, that's a spot that, well, and, and you think of, and I know not every team's a championship team, right? But you think about that yeah. catcher spot that was a that was a position of strength that national team that won the championship, right? Mm-hmm. The, the the Jan I, I know Jan was an excellent, but the Kurt, Kurt Suzuki young tandem was 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 really solid, and uh you know Jan is Jan was solid after that too, because that that's a position in the league that you don't see a, a lot of guys. I mean, yeah. There's so many catchers in this in this league that play consistently. Alex Avila, no offense to him, but the guys aren't that good at hitters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that, that that's a premium having some guys who can who can and then around.
1: Think about this. Corbin's only good year of the Nats, who was his catcher? Jan Gomes. Jan yeah. Gomes, even though he wasn't hitting as well that year as he was the other two years of the Nats, he, he did something like he was the Corbin whisperer because he got Corbin to be his best. And he was the one that caught the last out of the world series, you know, all that fun stuff. So yeah. Gomes did his part. And even dating back to when the Nats were um, at the top down in the East, Wilson Ramos. So now that we have a plethora of catchers again, it's it's a good thing to have because we show that that's always been the Nats staple. One more
0: pause in the action on today's show. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar out there right now. Go to built.com. That's built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, one Block 15, you'll get 15% off your first purchase today. Coconut, Cherry Bar Chia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, German Chocolate. Those are the flavors available right now. 17 to 18 grams of protein, only 130 to 180 calories in every bar, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of of net carbs also they are the official protein bar of the u.s track and field team which is pretty cool as well once again go to built.com that's built.com use the promo code lock 15 l-o-c-k-e-d LOCK15, 1-5 lock 15 for 15 percent off today today's show also brought to you by direct tv stream direct tv stream is the best way to get all of the things you love streaming wise at one place, you guys know how this goes. Sometimes you've got the phone for one thing, computer for the other, TV for one, tablet for something else. Get everything you like to watch in one place. It means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. The best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, let's move on. Next question here. This one's a, a funny one. Is Mike Rizzo actually a sleeper agent for the Dodgers? Why do they feel so inclined to help them so much? This is interesting. I know, I, obviously, like the, the joke aside here, this trade is, is a pivotal moment in this baseball season. Um, you know, the Nationals were involved in. And I know Trey is excellent every single day, but Max Scherzer, yeah, it it felt like he was a Padre, right? Everything we're reading on Twitter, you know, a bunch of people, from Kent Rosenthal to local reporters in San Diego, and this is this speaks to a problem that we have in baseball some reporting and whatnot. But you know, it, sounds, it felt like he was a Padre, and he goes to the Dodgers. I know the Dodgers have not overtaken the Giants because they've just been the Giants have been amazing, but the Dodgers, you know, it's, they're one of the favorite. I think they made some of the odds-on favorite to win the World Series there's a reason for that and um be, you know this is this is a trade that's going to be monumental when we look back uh, on the season potentially could have won the dodgers the championship this year so you know i i just would kind of looking back at that max talk about kind of that moment what a weird inflection point we thought he was going to be a padre
1: yeah um and this wasn't the first time that Ken Roosevelt had something like this. I believe he was the one that had the Michael Brantley to the Toronto rumor, Toronto Blue Jays in the uh, previous offseason. But Ken was quick to apologize. But the thing is with this whole sleeper for the Dodgers is everyone freaks out when the Nats give up a bunch of big-name players to receive top prospects, and the prospects struggle out of the gates, right? So everyone's like immediately freaking out look at lucas giolito and the white Sox. he was terrible in 2018 he was statistically the worst pitcher in baseball and he was on the verge of falling out and then he became what everyone thought he could become in 2019 these guys are 23 years old and young so yeah they're going to show you out of the gate no mike not a not asleep Reggie. he knows what he's doing but for the dodgers yeah this is a win now move as the nats were looking for a win later move and yeah but when the Nats did the trade, Scherzer trade, everyone knew who he was. I don't think anyone expected Scherzer to go and have a 0.88 ERA since the trade deadline. Like, I don't even think he expected that.
0: No, he's been, he's been like absolutely disgusting. It's, it's been, I and mean, this is as good as it ever looked as we now have a, it looks like a, a ground rule double or home run for somebody in the Nats game. Um, you, Gosh, you all no. know, you all will know whenever you watch this because the, because this isn't live. So, um, yeah, it's what a crazy inflection point. This is a good question coming up here. Which team's bandwagon are you hopping on for the stretch run, and why is the Blue Jays? This comes from Sean Woodley, the Locked On Raptors
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: podcast host. But that's a great question for Nationals fans. Now I know the Dodgers are like, you know, to me the Dodgers will never be the, the big bad like like the Yankees type deal or or the you know the Patriots type de- like you know um, evil team. But the Dodgers to me. You know, the Nats have a connection there. Uh, like to, to me, the Astros are still that – I still resent the Astros. And if I'm a Nats fan, I'm not cheering for the Astros. That's, where, that's what I'm not doing. That, that's number one. Um, I would say that the Dodgers have to be up there, right? Because, like, you know, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, and, and those guys gave so much to the Nationals championship. And it's like, you know, you want to see those guys succeed and do well. Who do you think should be?
1: I mean, I agree with the Dodgers' take. My answer is I got two. They're both in the Central, the Brewers and the Reds. Hmm. Uh, the Brewers, because they're mommy of the Nationals, that starting rotation is absolutely yep. disgusting. And then you got some big-name guys in the lineup that are helping anchor it, like Christian Yelich. Willie Damas is out of nowhere an MVP candidate, and no one expected. Eduardo Escobar looks really good after the trade. And then um, you got some of the other guys, like Omar Navarez, and just, like, guys that you wouldn't really think of, like, that never really carried other teams. But now that they're all together, doing great. Also, that rotation, as I said, Woodruff, Peralta, and then um, Corbin Burns. And you got the one of the best bullpens in baseball. They're just fun to watch. And they remind me of the way the Nats were built in the early 2010s. And then the Reds because, one, Cincinnati has been bad for so long. And I like to see new blood. And Nick Castellanos is the man, and I think Twitter would explode if that man wins a World Series ring. Like, the memes would be phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal. he just
0: seems to have a way of – I mean, you know, whatever it is. Did you see – I'm sure you saw the the tribute to somebody who was, who'd passed away while he was hitting that home run. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's – and also the memes on Twitter for everything are always so funny. And I, I think – I forgot who put out a – somebody put out a fake statement the other day for some team. And it was a cost, and somebody's like, it got me again. Like, it's just (laughs) so funny how it always keeps happening. I know the situation itself was bad, but the fact that we all acknowledged it was, you know, what was bad about it, and he's Mm -hmm. now gone, we can make fun of it now.
1: And then in the AL, yeah, Toronto's exciting, but I'm going to go with Tampa. Uh, They went to the World Series last year. Kevin Cash made his decision, didn't work out. They traded Blake Snell, right? It looks like they were right. I mean, Blake Snell has been phenomenal the last month and a half, but I did not think Tampa was going to rise back to where they were after they lost both Morden and Snow. That team is going starting pitching. This team has been phenomenal. They have a eight or nine game lead in the AO East, which has just been a bloodbath. They're running away in the American League, like, and they don't spend any money. I mean, I know.
0: Has, I, I bet their fans are like, we we could guarantee maybe a, a win, you know, a World Series potentially, and their their ownership is like, why would we I spend any mind. money? Why we don't <laughs> have to do it and. and yeah. But you but you see what I'm saying with the frustration because it's like mm-hmm. like cuz they I mean I, who do they trade cuz they had to make room cash wise for Nelson they Cruz They
1: traded their closer. Uh, the
0: yeah,
1: Castillo to like, uh, We got to
0: make money we gotta make, like Nelson Cruz is a big acquisition but like uh you can't just have Nelson Cruz we have to we have to subtract somebody first.
1: And it made no sense because Seattle traded Grave in away just to acquire Castillo. So it still makes no sense why they traded their closer away for another one but like I'm not Jerry DePoto that guy has never made sense.
0: I would say the Red Sox up there too because they're just fun. I think they're like this. Kyle team Schwarber, it's totally yeah, and the, the team that's totally predicated off offense, right? I mean, they're, the, like they're they're happy to get pitching.
1: I like them solely because they put Schwarber in the leadoff spot, and after because I was one of the biggest advocates to be like that's stupid, and then it worked. And then when he came back, he he was like fourth and third, and then now that he's leading off and actually doing it again. It's so fun to watch because it's just so troll.
0: Yeah, it's he's such a fun player, and and mm-hmm. I, you know. We always talk about, could a player come back? Could a player come back after they leave? I'm I'm of the mind that I think it's really difficult because like if you want somebody to like stay with you or be with you at some point on the team, don't let them go at any point in time. Yeah. You know what I mean? C- keep them there. Schwarber is one they had to get rid of just because of that. But I think that's a guy that I would love to see back.
1: Yes, I, sir. I,
0: I think if, if the Red Sox offered him the like, right contract he should sit there because that's a I, it is a hitter's friendly ballpark my friend he, he's
1: going to get paid this off season because of the, the season he's having to having a career year but i mean to what you said i mean matt adams was no kyle but well we traded away in 2018 and he came back and he signed with us and big city was very helpful down the stretch
0: All right, that will do it for part one. Make sure you guys check out part two coming out here on Thursday of our mailbag. Until next time, as always, stay safe.